for listening to episode 22 of the Encouragers United podcast. This week I had the pleasure to speak with two hardworking educators and listen to them explain how they've adapted and modified their teaching strategies and their mindsets during this COVID-19 virus pandemic. There are approximately 3.2 million individuals working in 133,000 schools across our country. These individuals have had to quickly change almost everything they do on a daily and weekly basis, adapting to circumstances with a positive attitude and a hopeful vision for the future. They're learning new skills every day and believe great things for both their students and themselves can come out of this difficult time. They have embraced and loved this challenge, and we're proud to cheer them on. fun with your kids not getting so overwhelmed by the you know all the course work that you have to do but just trying doing the best that you can in the circumstances because it's not ideal at all definitely give yourself a lot of grace this is new for everyone Um, I told someone I feel like we're flying on an airplane and we're building it as we go well hello everybody I am so excited on a Friday afternoon to be seated here uh, meeting with two teachers, Amber Hirschberger and Katie Grimes have joined me. Say hello, ladies. Hello. (laughs) Amber, we uh, really appreciate you joining us today. I guess I'll kind of start with with you first, but Amber, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you teach and, you know, kind of what age groups and where you're at with your career. Yeah. So I am a fifth year teacher. I teach language arts to fifth graders at Canton Local Schools, um, also known as Canton South. It is just outside of the inner city, so we do have um, some students coming to us from um, the city, but also a very um, rural population. A lot of kids have goats and farms. Our student population is of the, the less fortunate demographic. We have, it's been really cool. We been giving out meals um, to the kids uh, starting this past week. They've actually had the bus drivers running their route so that we got, I think we had 86% participation of getting meals out to kids. So that's been awesome. Um, Back to myself, I teach language arts fifth grade. I have about 75 kids this year that I'm responsible for and I enjoy teaching for the kids. That's what it's about and that's why I do it. Yeah. How about you, Katie? Yeah, so I, it's my first year of teaching, so woohoo. But I am in Cleveland. So I'm in downtown Cleveland, right off of 36th Street, um, which is like five minutes away from downtown. Um, so I teach at a non public <laughs> charter school. So it's a non typical school. It's not public, um, but it is, I mean, to the sense of like, we do have anyone can come to our school. I have 27 kids in my class this year. It's non traditional in the fact that we have two. Uh, teacher, so we do a co-teacher model. Um, so I'm the ELA, and then I also am in charge of um, all the uh, IEPs, and so like I'm an intervention specialist as well, just for the second grade. And so each of you maybe just tell us what's, and, and Katie, you're just in your first year, and my, what a first year it is going to be. <laughs> we'll talk about how the disruption occurred about a month ago, but um, tell us what do you love most about teaching and about your job? 
uh, up in Cleveland working at, at E-Village Prep School. Yeah, I think just the, in general, I just love the kids. I mean, I think that's why I got into teaching is the kids, but I think what kind of job do you constantly see goofy things all day long? I mean, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Like, I think, I mean, there's a lot of days where you're like, oh my goodness, like this is so much. But at the end of the day, like I'm laughing like 50% of the day. Like I love kids and I just love the joy that they bring. And then like also just the young spirit, you know, it keeps us light. It keeps us, you know, okay, not everything has to be so serious, um, that kind of stuff. Um, but also on a serious note, I was actually thinking about this, thinking back in January when everything was getting kind of, ah, it's January now, testing and all that stuff. I mean, that's definitely changed now. But also the fact of when we're teaching, I think a lot of times in like college and everything, because this is my first year, you kind of get in that me, 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 me kind of, ah, yeah, doing all this stuff. Now in teaching, I feel like constantly I'm reminded of how much I, and I'm just bringing faith into this, need God constantly all the time. I think in fact of like, constantly my patience is being tested in what job if you're sitting at a desk all day you're not going to be like oh my gosh I need patience no like I have to rely on God for so much more and I think you know you need God so much more when you're constantly you know different things are happening you know people are coming in watching you like there's constantly things that are getting being thrown at you how about you Amber what do you love most about teaching you're about five years in you said how, how's it going yeah. It's not been easy, that's for sure. Um, you go to college, but until you're actually in the situation, it's nothing that you can actually be trained for. Every school is unique and different, and every year's been different. Um, this year, my kids are probably some of um, the best ones that I've had. They're a lot more innocent this year, I guess you could say, um, and they're just so much fun. I like, you know, I look at my job as, yeah, I'm supposed to teach them content, but overall, as long as they get out of my class and they're good people they've grown you know their behaviors have gotten better then I think that's basically what's more important yeah the kids I I, I love the kids I, like Katie said every day it's something I'll stand at my door and like kind of look up like where, okay where's the hidden camera did this really just happen to me did this kid really just say this or do this very stressful but rewarding at the same time for sure so do you have any examples that come to your mind that would be, uh, you know, family friendly to be able to show up? Well, I have one student who likes to come to me. Everything we do, he's either done it or um, he's been there, done that. And one of our teachers has a, a pet snake in his class and he's come up to me and said, did you know I have a snake in my woods and it can talk to me? Really? Okay. And then another day um, we're talking about cars and he goes, yeah there's a car in my woods and it, it's magical. It kind of reminds me of um, like what MacGyver would have been on TV. Katie, you might be too young for, not MacGyver, what's that show with David Hasselhoff with the car that talked? Oh yeah, uh, Knight Rider. Yeah, yes, that, that would be Rider. more in my age group. Sorry, yes, ladies. <laughs> yes, so um, he was describing this like it was Knight Rider. Like he just, the one day he goes, um, did you know that I'm part Russian? You can hear it in my voice. Well, no, he's, he's not Russian at all. But <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that works. But yeah, just, he's my buddy. I miss him. <laughs> Well, how about you, Katie? Any fun stories of uh, loving the kids and just because your age group's a little bit younger. I think mm -hmm. Amber's fifth grade, you're dealing with second graders. I think just sometimes the kids are just, I mean, during a lesson, it'll just be the most random thing they say. And I can't think of anything they're thinking of, they're saying right now, because obviously. <laughs> I think the point is, is that you guys are working with a younger generation that are, you know, they haven't 
learned how to be, you know, adults, you know, like to put it simply. And, and I think what I'm hearing is that you both appreciate the fact that kids are kids and, you know, they're silly sometimes and they're very imaginative and, you know, they're mischievous sometimes. And, and, you know, I, I, I think it goes without saying you two are working within populations that are classic and, and perhaps crossing over some socioeconomic and racial uh, or ethnicity lines to teach. And so I just, did, I admire you both for doing that. And, and I, I think it's great that you both said, I love the children. I, I, I want to be with the kids. That's my favorite part. Uh, thank goodness it's your favorite part because that's what you're doing every day. But um, let's let's pivot here just a little bit. Not uh, maybe go back to you, Amber. Tell me how the sequence of the the you know COVID nineteen and that's our series right now that we're talking with individuals that have been affected you know most directly by this. Tell us what happened with your sequence. I think it happened you know before spring break here, but but how did that go for you? And then all of a sudden you just got shut down, and then somehow you you started back up and. You know, what was that like for yeah. you? Well, uh, I feel like it, it hit so fast. At first, um, we were talking about it, and it was like the kids were talking about it, and they are freaking out. So, you know, your first instinct is to calm their fears and, oh, you know, oh, that's over over in China. We're, we're okay, guys. We're all right. And then, the net, you know, it gets a little worse, a little worse, and I find myself getting out the Clorox wipes. that They're very coveted, the Clorox wipes the kids bring in at the beginning of the year. It's like, we must use these sparingly, but then I'm like, everyone take one, wipe down your desk, go wipe down your locker, and they're like, why, why? And I was like, well, we're just being healthy, you know, you don't want to freak them out, but again, you're freaking out inside. Uh, rumors, rumors all the time, and you never know what's going to happen, and then um, I think when we got the official word was when the governor called it. Um, he's been kind of leading everything. I know a lot of here in Stark County where I am, um, a lot of the superintendents have just been waiting for word from him so that they're all united and doing the same thing. I know a lot of people were fearing backlash from the public, but ultimately safety is what's important. And so that was their decision to keep us at home. So the first week we were off and then the following week we um, had our official spring break. So we didn't have to do anything, but they did want us to prepare things for the following week then. So the third weekend we actually prepared things and we had to have hard copies available and digitally. And then after that, that third week we um, called all of our students to see who needed technology and we um, had parents come pick up computers. We have one-to-one -one computers at school, Chromebooks. So they came and got those. And just this past week, our last kid got their Chromebook. So we don't have to do any more um, hard copies of anything. Everything's digital now. So now we're just kind of keeping the course. We have weekly meetings um, through the computers um, just for updates to see what's going on. Uh, every year in fifth grade, we go to fifth grade camp. Unfortunately, that had to be canceled. Um, a lot of events were canceled and a lot of kids were bummed. Uh, we teachers were bummed because those are the fun things for us too. And unfortunately, it's just not happening this year. And ultimately, it's for our safety. We know that. It's just kind of tough to accept some of those things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, how about you, Katie, up in Cleveland? The very similar sequence, right? Yep. I know on that last Friday, we were all just, our, most of our kids don't have access to internet and all that, which I'm sure Amber, you as well. So we were printing out packets because just for the, that, those three weeks. So we printed out a ton of packets. I know the printers were just constantly going the whole last, that last Friday. And then those kids had packets for those next three weeks. 
Um, and then we really started, I think about two weeks ago, calling parents. Uh, we had individually our classes calling parents and making asking them the questions, do you have internet? Do you have access to all those devices? And then if they didn't, we were setting them up with uh, borrowing a Chromebook and then also getting hotspots with um, each kid. So right now, this is our first official week of um, school, which is a little bit behind a lot of schools. Um, but we really tried to have everyone have a Chromebook. So we've been using Google Classroom, um, which allows us to use Google Meets as well, which is a face-to-face, -face, a lot like Zoom, which has been really helpful. So yeah, just taking it <clears throat> day by day. Right now, I know we have 27 kids and we have 25 kids online, which is huge because of, I mean, we have two kids we can't contact right now. But um, other than that, like I am very satisfied the fact that a lot of our parents don't normally pick up and a lot of issues, but because of such a big issue, a lot of parents are taking ownership of it. So we can talk about that a little later, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, any other tools, Amber, that you're using? I, I, I sense you mentioned that you've got 75 students that you're, you're kind of responsible for in language arts. My goodness, that was, is that like two classrooms, three classrooms worth of, of children? Uh I have three classes throughout the day. They're 90 minutes long. Um, and then my partner <clears throat> teacher has like the greatest split. I have half of them. She has half of them. Yeah. Um, so as far as using other things, it's basically technology and our phones. Um, I've done, like I've sent them all postcards and things like that. Um, just so they know I'm thinking of them. But as far as getting schoolwork done, I, I've made a lot more phone calls than doing face-to-face -face meetings. A lot of the meetings um, become less about schoolwork and more about catching up with your friends. And that's fine. That's great. We want them to do that. It's just easier to get work done, I think, through the phone. Yeah. Are you guys meeting your students in small groups or are you doing one-to-one? -one? Um, I think for us, we're setting on Monday, we're giving all of our assignments for the whole week out. And then I had mentioned before I do intervention specialist, which is one-on-one -on -one working with kids on their IEP goals. So those are the, f I have five students um, currently on IEP. So I am meeting with those and trying to get their minutes because legally we need to get those minutes and uh, somehow we need to show, okay, tracking everything that we talked about in the meeting, those kind of things, just in case someone would come back and say, hey, these kid wasn't provided their services. Hmm. How about you, Amber? Uh, Small groups and then checking in one-to-one -one with phones or is it? Uh, what we do is all, um, like Katie said, we do the same thing. We send out a document at the beginning of the week. Here's, you know, your core classes, math, language, arts, science, social studies, and your assignments. And then they all have like their applied arts, which is like gym, health, those kind of things. So they just have to find the classes that they're in. And we use the um, online platform called Schoology. It's like Google Classroom, just and so that's where we put all of our assignments. Uh, it's been difficult as a language arts teacher because I can't get books to my kids. So um, we're just going to start a new book this next week called Friendle. Uh, it's a great read, highly recommend. Um, and so I found like a read aloud on YouTube that the kids can you know, listen to these chapters and then answer these questions or do this activity with it. Uh, a lot of our stuff is pretty, like they should be able to do it on their own. We're, we're trying very hard because unfortunately there is a lack of parental support in some of our homes. A lot of parents still have to work. So we, we're trying to do as much as possible that the kids can do on their own. Um, our interventionists as well meet to get those minutes in. Um, in case people don't know, IEPs are individualized education plans. Is that the programs? Yeah. Say that right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> for the kids that they struggle with certain things, so they have different goals that they meet, and they get a little, a little extra help. Yeah. Well, we're pretty early in your process to to you know 
but you mentioned the parents and that leads me to maybe my next question is I'll give each of you the chance to just speak to your parents uh, kind of candidly here. What would you want to say to the, to your parents as reassuring them, helping them, or in some cases instructing them as to what you need from parents right now? If there's parents out there listening right now, uh, what would you two as teachers tell them? Yeah, I think uh, my principal we had a meeting this morning at 9 a.m. and I think she said it best. I think honestly in this circumstance, um, less is more. I think so many parents out there are trying to homeschool their child, but at the end of the day, it's totally different. It's totally different than them being in their seats, their bottoms in their seats. You know, it's completely different. And I think even as teachers, um, we need to think less is more because communi- communication is more important. Communicating with those kids, asking if they're okay. Um, just talking with those kids, that's more important than the academics right now. And I'm not saying that for parents in general, but I think parents get overwhelmed with the fact, I have to be a teacher. No, you do not have to be a teacher. Get them, you know, keep them reading every day, um, doing some math fluency, you know, those things that are going to keep them, but you're not going to be able to do exactly what your teacher or what your child was receiving at school. And that's the reality. Um, But not being frustrated by that, but taking this time to be with your kids, you know, having fun with your kids, not getting so overwhelmed by the, you know, all the course work that you have to do, um, but just trying doing the best that you can in the circumstances because it's not ideal at all. Uh, totally agree. Less is more. Communication, definitely key. If you're having any questions or any you know problems at all, please contact us teachers. We want to help. Um, we're here to help. Definitely give yourself a lot of grace. This is new yep. for everyone. Um, I told someone, I feel like we're flying on an airplane and we're building it as we go. Like, we've never done this before the whole world is doing it you know give yourself grace um another thing like katie said this is not going to be like normal school your kids should not be sitting seven hours straight doing work we teachers should not be assigning work that lasts that long i've been um really pushing you need routine you need consistency get your kids up at a certain time have them have breakfast get dressed so they feel like they're you know, doing something important, set aside a certain space that is meant just for your schoolwork with minimal distractions. You know, don't, don't let them sit in front of their video game and try to do their work. It's, we know it's not going to happen. Set a timer. Timers are huge. Set a timer for 15 minutes, have them work, give them a break. Well, we all need breaks. We teachers get breaks. Nice. One nice thing with not being in school is we can go to the bathroom now whenever we need to. (laughs) Uh, Side note, right, Katie? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Just, I mean, we're all learning as we go. Please don't be afraid to ask for help. Have your kids, your your kids, your kids teach you. That's the best way they can learn is if they're being the teacher. So, you know, have them teach you. Uh, if you get stuck on something, make a note of it. Contact a teacher and move on. Move on to something else. Don't let it stress you out. It's not worth it. Uh, I'll let you in on a little secret here. It is testing season right now. We're not testing yet, but what that means is we teachers who are tested, we've probably hit all of the major standards, there we go, that that you have to hit for this time of the year because they were going to be tested on it. So, you know, it's not like your kids are missing out on a whole lot. Yes, they're missing out on important things from school, but... Uh, everyone's in the same boat. Your kid's not going to be the one next year that's super far behind. Everyone will be at the same spot. And the teachers know it. Yeah, there'll be a little game of catch up, but it'll be fine. Is there a situation here where a student is not going to pass? Talk to us briefly about what what you guys are trying to do with situations like that. Yeah, I know our um, policy isn't completely set right now. What we're leaning to is a pass-fail. If you your child's on and trying to do the assignments and you see that 
there is, you know, a good faithful effort, that means that you most likely will pass on. Also, um, students who are um, in that before they we left school on that, you know, whatever it was, March 15th, if they were in, you know, not good place, um, we're going to evaluate that from a, you know, one-to-one, you know, really evaluate that situation um, and not just say, oh, if you were failing, then you're done. No, we're going to see, you know, evaluate it as we go. I think that's how, I don't know how uh, Can South is doing it. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you, Katie. If if a kid does not pass, I think it's it's not going to be based solely on just this distant learning. Um, we all know that this is, you know, a trying time for everyone. They would take into consideration the whole year. Our school is the same as yours, Katie. I think we're just kind of waiting on the word and the decision from the Ohio education like leadership. Um, they're like I said, we're building this plan as we go, so they're having meetings and figuring those things out, too. There's been a lot of rumors of the pass-fail thing. As of right now, we're just taking regular grades. We're not doing any test grades. Um, it's all just general assignment grades, and we just are kind of going with the flow, and we'll, we'll alter that as is needed and as we hear. I, I think my administration is having a meeting today actually about grades that we're supposed to find out more later so well i'm going to rapid fire you here a little bit um you guys can kind of take turns but i want you to give me the best things about this uh from your perspective even personally as a teacher what are some of the good things that have come out of this yeah i think just a quick one is um i know i personally have been way more educated on google classroom and i know my kids too i mean second graders they're you know commenting on google classroom posts and doing things that they had no idea how to do you know back in march so that's a win and maybe hey now the first graders that are coming in they use google classroom last year obviously during this time so okay we'll start a google classroom you know maybe next year because they're familiar with it and now i'm you know more familiar with it as well so i think maybe integrating you know those quizzes those you know different things those there's a lot of cool things videoing myself, which is something I hate doing is videoing myself, reading a re- read aloud, you know, but now like, okay, like I've done like three, four now, like I'm getting better at it. So that's another thing, you know, kind of putting yourself out there, getting a little bit, you know, videoing video chats, you know, there's very, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are coming from it, skills that you never knew that you would have gained, I guess. Um, I love, I- I'm loving it to be quite honest. Um, I love being at school with the kids because you can interact with them, but there's a lot of junk that we deal with as teachers that, um, you know, oh, your attendance wasn't turned in on time, or oh, this kid needs to pass for here. Just little things that continually distract you from what's important, and now it's taken all of that away. I literally can sit here at my kitchen table and make phone calls and connect with my kids all day, send emails. I try to make silly videos and things. I just, I feel like I... I get to do what I enjoy doing, which is connecting with the kids, and I don't have to deal with the other junk. Mm, and, some of the discipline issues and just stuff. Yeah. 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 And I think um, I feel more appreciated. Like, I feel like a lot of the parents appreciate what we do now because they see and they see how hard we're trying. Like, we're reaching out and trying. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't very good at calling home that often because I have 75 kids, and that's 75 things to grade numerous times a week. And so once the school day's over with, I'm exhausted and I don't have time to call home. 
Um, so this has given me the opportunity to do that, make better connections with the actual families and not just the kids alone. Mm. Uh, that's a good point. You know, you're building like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. You're building a relationship that then once you, you may, you both may or may not finish your school years this year, right? Is that the speculation? Yeah. Um, how about the, how about the really tough things, even for you personally, what's the hardest part of this? Yeah. I mean, I think in general, I'm an extroverted person, so this is just difficult in general because I really do enjoy school because I'm constantly surrounded by people. I think for the school part of it, I I just miss the interactions I have with my kids, you know, even just giving them a hug or, you know, the goofy, you know, you just kind of tap on the shoulder, you know, those kind of small moments that that built, you know, the relationship part. That's something that you don't have with the uh, computer screen. Um, I'm just missing, you know, the laughter and missing my co-teachers and um, other you know, the school in general, I think, I also miss the routine, so that's been tough. I, it's good for me to get up at 5.30 a.m. It's not good for me to be like, okay, well, I can get up, kid does, I don't have a call until 11, like that, I don't like that, and I don't uh, do as well when I don't have a routine yeah. as well, even though it kind of stinks, but. <laughs> yeah, how about you, Amber? The worst uh, or the hardest part of this? Not having my hugs from my kids and seeing the kids, definitely, seeing the kids and the routine. I'm like you, Katie. I like knowing what's going to happen. I'm not good with change. And so all of this came on so quickly and it's, you know, you still, I mean, we got to be strong for them and for the kids. And then, you know, when you're not talking to them, you can go to your room and cry, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think just the unknown, I think is a lot kind of scary. Yeah. Can, yeah. can I add one more thing? Sure. I think the toughest part was the last day we kind of had a conversation with our kids saying that, you know, this isn't an extended vacation. We're, we are actually sad about this. We're sad that we're missing out on, we thought it was three weeks back then. Now it's, wow, way more. But the sole fact that we were disappointed that we couldn't um, continue to see them grow. And because, you know, the kids that we had back in August were, are so different than they were back, you know, they're now. And so it's disappointing as a teacher. I know my co-teacher and I are disappointed that we can't, you know, see that growth because we saw so much growth in reading and math and we're like, wow. And then you kind of get that taken away and you just, it's not as much learning on the computer. That's just reality of it. So I think that's another disappointing fact. Like you want to finish the year, you want, you know, you work so hard for the test and then, Hey, well, we're not even taking the test now. So mm -hmm. there's just different things. I know personally, both are, uh, my co-teacher and I were just disappointed, you know, I think yeah. that's a good word. I think yeah. You bringing up the testing brings up a good subject. You know, they have eliminated those state tests this year, and I think that shows, I don't know, I, I saw something posted on Facebook, I thought it was kind of cool. It's like, so often, you know, the government and people have pushed for test, 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 to, for we teachers for our accountability to make sure we're doing what we need to do, and I think this mm -hmm. just proves, even without the test, like, we're most of us are going that extra mile, doing what we need to for the kids. It's not about the test, it's about the kids, and just I don't know. I think it's brought to light. Like, look, testing's not as important as they make it seem. Mm -hmm. um, it it show it's kind of shown what really matters. So, absolutely, yeah. Well said. Um, well, ladies, as we kind of close our time here, I want to uh, allow you to kind of coach us in how best to encourage those that are teachers that we know. So a lot of listeners, uh, you, you, if you've listened to our episodes, I'm trying to rally the cry around 
encouraging each other, building each other up. But how would you say we could specifically encourage teachers out there right now? Well, I think if you have students of your own, helping them complete their work, making sure their work's getting done, and helping them just open lines of communication for help, it helps us because, you know, we don't always we don't know what's going on unless you tell us. Um, that would definitely help. I think also just encouraging teachers that that we can't do everything, that you know, not to be so hard on ourselves. I think as teachers, we you know we're go getters and we're obviously it's a tough job. So I know personally, I have to take a step back and just, I can't do as much as I was doing, and that's just a reality. And I think teachers can be encouraging other teachers, but other people as well. Encouraging teachers, it's okay to to not do as much as or not feel like you're doing as much. And it's hard to be like, oh my gosh, I need to do more. Um, but right now there's a time that, okay, well, we're doing as much as we can because you can only do so much on the computer. And I think that's that's really powerful. And, f- and maybe this is a chance that we can really figure out, yeah, we figured out it's not all about the test. It's not all about all those things that, you know, admin throw at us and they're not doing that on purpose. But, you know, it's about the kids and really fat, uh, focusing on am I doing and loving my kids the best way possible? Yes. Then you know what? all the other stuff really it does matter but in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. are they safe and are they loved mm-hmm. i think just a thank you just a simple thank you yeah, yeah um, i've had a couple of parents you know just sending a thanks for all you're doing or hey this really helped and it makes me feel good amongst all the emails that i get you know i don't get this i don't get that hey you're doing good thank you and i'm like oh yeah i know i'm i'm doing what i can yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, well, ladies, this has been an honor, and I do, I do so encourage each of you in what you're doing, and uh, I really appreciate your perspectives today, and that this has, you know, this has caused all of us to take a step back and to reevaluate what we're doing, to, like Katie said, per- maybe pick up some new skills, uh, to, you know, reevaluate everything about how we do our jobs, and in, that includes education, and so I, uh, I just... Uh, you know, really commend you too for the work you're doing with the the youth of of your communities, and so we thank you very much for all that all that you've done. And I thank you personally for being on the show today. So, thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you for having you. us. <laughs> Hi, my name is Charlie Grimes. I'm the founder and host of the Encouragers United podcast. My intent with this project is to first and foremost, encourage the encouragers. Those special people in this world who, because of their experiences and their personality, are relentlessly positive and enthusiastic about all areas of life. They're gifted by God to see ways to exhort and build others up. They're often action-oriented, creative, extroverted, flexible workhorses, and they find themselves in leadership positions like teaching, coaching, pastoring, and mentoring. Another goal is to explain to the rest of the world how this person thinks, why they react the way they do to stress or conflict, and how you can best relate to us. Through teaching, discussion, idea sharing, and personal interviews, I hope you will gain new insight, learn to be patient with yourself and with others, and grow more self-aware through this content. I would hope that if you see value in this effort, identify the most encouraging, positive people you know and let them know about my work. Connect with us on Facebook, 
Instagram, or my website, charlesrgrimes.com. It's a great day to be alive, so go make a difference today.